Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. everyone, and welcome back to Starfellows, your favorite D&D podcast in the galaxy far, far away. I am your Dungeon Master, Rob, and with me, as always, are my friends, Hannah. Hello. Amelia Sam. What's up? And Brennan. How's it going? When we last left off, the party was making preparations to set off into the wider galaxy to pursue their foes, namely the Hive, redeem their fallen allies, and get into some trouble um late in the night l was visited by the bendu again in an astral dream who told him among other things that the hive was somewhere near the kajik system which you astute star wars uh, fans know what is in the kajik system um, for those of you that don't it will be a surprise when we get there uh this accompanied uh the revelation that l is something called an oracle as bronze beckham puts it a type of force sensitive that is particularly attuned I said that word really weird. That is particularly attuned attuned to the greater entities that personify the Force, uh, which only means that uh, L gets weird dreams. <laughs> so to L's knowledge, little else is different. Um, Rama and Mix, meanwhile, discussed the existence of powerful Force attuned artifacts in the galaxy, uh, somewhat to <laughs> Rama's dismay as he lets slip Kind of this great secret, but uh, about their mission and the fate of the universe. Um, that's okay, because it builds character and trust between party members, which is what we're here for anyway. Um, so you discussed this and also discovered that M-Zero was hoarding some scrap metal to make peculiar new uh, upgrades to himself. So that leaves us now at the Jedi Order still. Um, as I understand it, L, you would like to talk to the Jedi Council about your next steps and about where you'd like to go and what you'd like to do. 
Um, so with that, um, gang, I will uh, leave it to you. I'm going to say that you're all together now again after depositing the artifacts um, beneath the Jedi Temple. Um, take it from here. First things first, crew, we got this uh, new ship we're going to take out. Does anybody else think in the three of us, well, monkey, right? So the four of us could uh, use some extra hands. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I think you got a really large ship here. And I think just three or four or five of us, however you want to count the droids, um, not going to be enough. (laughs) Yeah, match chitters <laughs> at the idea of being left out of Rama's calculations. Like, <laughs> uh, four and a half. I'm going to give match a look. Either way, three <laughs> or five is not nearly enough, so we're going to have to hire people. All right. I got, I got an old friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm just starting to think of the fact that last time he was on this ship, I was, he was, uh, I was taking him in for a bounty and, uh, he left it at the escape pod. Whole, 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 whole thing. Whole thing. He'll be great. Is it Digo? It sure is. Not that was the last time we saw him, though. He was also helping us with the racket. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's a real charmer. You'll, uh, you'll like him, Mix. Not, not that I think you have trouble getting along with people. Ugh. I know some people in Power and Lights who might be good as mechanics. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh. I'm going to go make some calls if uh, you want to make some calls. I'm just going to text Cecil. She's like good at that kind of stuff. Ah, personal assistant must be nice. Mine doesn't uh, speak the common language. I'm going to give Monkey a look. Cecil's (laughs) not my personal assistant. And if she heard you say call her that, I, I don't think you'd be well. Oh, no, for sure. Definitely wouldn't have said that if uh, Cecil were here. Uh, one more thing. If we're gonna have to pay them, I don't suppose anybody else got half of a large bounty. And would oh, be yeah. willing I to mean, chip it. I, okay. I figured we'd just split the cost. Okay, good. Just, uh, just making sure. Uh, we should get the Jedi Order to fork over some stuff, though. Oh, that's a great idea. I think that can be arranged. Hey, <clears throat> is anybody here in really good standing with the Jedi Order? Uh, you know, not, I'm not in terrible standing, I guess. Ah, uh, you win by default. You want to go arrange that? Perfect. Hell yeah. Makes, I think you know in your head that, like, so are, <laughs> is the conversation I'm hearing, like, you guys want to arrange, like, to take some extra equipment onto the ship? I, I, well, like, okay, the Jedi, like, travel across the universe, so they also do have crew and stuff that they employ. So, like, we yes, so we like, want to get crew and equipment and, like, get the Jedi to pitch into the cost so it's not just me and Rama covering everything. <sighs> yeah. Um, Since we're saving the universe for them, right? And we're giving. I, I can I can bring this up just to the council for meeting. the Jedi. That's yeah. That's the so, only reason we're doing it. So I I like this. I like that you guys are thinking about the terms of this. So maybe we should uh, skip ahead of this conversation. Um, you three get summoned to the council chambers by bronze beckham um who you see come like running um like heavily he's like got like sweat on his like mustache and he like comes up to you guys he's like <sighs> okay uh i told the council l that uh you are uh an oracle um right. yes they um uh took it very council like um <laughs> But they are interested in the idea of all of you going off and um, 
pursuing the hive. Um, there are some questions still that we need to settle. Um, L about your little pickle that we, you know, <laughs> we need to figure that out. <clears throat> uh, you just see like, like Bronze is still kind of like rocked by like the, all of the, like the religious like implications that he, like, he's probably one of the more like superstitious, like, uh, you know, like followers of some of the older Jedi teachings. So like, um, like, so I guess some context to this whole Oracle thing while well, just, I have this moment cause I like to pontificate. So, uh, Great different, Je- different, yeah, you know, thank you. Um, Different Jedi have have different expressions of the Force in terms of, like, unique things about them. So, like, if you're familiar with the Jedi, like, Fallen Order video game, the main protagonist, Cal Kestis, if he touches things, he sees, like, the Force memory of them, right? That's an instance of kind of a peculiar manifestation of Force power. That's all L has, really, is just, like, this little quirk about how they connect to the Force. Akala's quirk, for instance, was her insanely unique ability to create a personal connection with her weapon and her kyber crystal to the point where she can manifest a like reflection of her own self through this kyber crystal um so with that in mind like the oracle like being an oracle is more of just like to some people is like that's neat you kind of get these like vague visions of guidance from entities other people like bronze are like this means that we're about to be led into an era of like greatness and light right so that's that kind of so the implication. Of, uh, yeah. Um, and of course, there's L right in the middle. Um, so, uh, Bronze comes and gets you. Um, he takes you to uh, the council chambers through the ornate part of the Jedi Temple um, through kind of like marble, like flat, very ornate kind of halls <clears throat> to remind you of who's on the council. Of course, the council grandmaster is Emmy Grimwald. Um, <laughs> um, master Ugle is the second most senior council member. There is the master of arms, Bra- Bronze Beckham, who was just coming to get you. There is Master Wynn, who is a recent addition to the council, who is a Rodian. There is Master Guinevere Titus, who is the very uptight Arcanian woman. Um, there is Master Pluck, the Nautilin, and there is Master John Marshall Dur, who is a, uh, yeah, Master John Marshall, who's a Duros, um, who, uh, if you remember, asked L basically, what do you want to do, kid? Um, so, uh, that is who the council is. Um, so you walk into, um, this chamber and Kobe Cornelius is there once again to kind of herald your arrival. Um, he says... Ladies, ladies and gentlemen of the council, I present to you uh, L and Rama, as well as Mix. Um, and then you guys are, are funneled in. Um, and uh, Master Grimwald opens up by saying, Well, Bronze came in in quite a half about some business of uh, divine premonitions. L, could you please explain to the council what exactly it is Bronze was on about? Right, so uh, I assume y'all are familiar with the Bendu as a the concept. The Bendu, what other Bendu? He just kind of murmurs across the council. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, he, like, talks to me in my dreams and stuff. We talk about the nature of the Force. We're on the surface of Typhon. There's the Ashla. There's the Bogan. Right now, the Ashla's not doing so hot. So, uh, what with 
these artifacts that are spread throughout the galaxy get in power. Um, and yeah, so he's been kind of helping me figure out how to bring balance back to the force as a big proponent of neutrality, which, you know, I can get behind. Uh, yeah. So, um, told me that the hive ships on Kajik are in the Kajik system and we're going to go and stop it and get the orb of the one mind and find a safe place to store it until it can be, I think, eventually buried in a planet that's covered in silver was the <laughs> ideal goal that he told me. I don't know how feasible that is these days. Um, so as you kind of like trail off about burying these artifacts in silver, the council kind of like slowly through the tail end of that, that speech is kind of like growing in its uproar and like murmuring as you're kind of talking about all these things and like kind of just explaining very flatly, like what your experience is. Um, and so there's just like all this like harumphing and, uh, Master Guinevere Titus like stands up and says, but of course this is an outrage. Are we supposed to believe that this deserter who we last adjourned with saying that they would not be put to death at the very least is somehow connected to a mythical forgotten entity that our ancestors ancestors thought might exist are we supposed to take the word of this whelp well i would think that you know by presenting two of these artifacts to you and giving them to the Jedi Order for protection, knowing where the other ones are, or at least where some of them are. Uh, yeah, like, fuck, the Force is weird. Shit like this happens all the time. Oh, just cursing at the Jedi Temple Chambers. <laughs> what are you gonna do, kill me? Like, come on. There's bigger stuff happening right now. Um, and, uh, like a, a furious uproar like pops up as like he's basically just like he check all these Jedi masters. Um, but what is, how does Grammy react? Oh, you think you think I'm not gonna describe how Grammy reacts? <laughs> <laughs> fucking for real? <laughs> a, like a, a a a cacophony of kind of like everybody kind of up and outraged. Like bronze and um. Ugly like stand up very defiantly for you against Guinevere Titus and both kind of like start like talking and very um, like over each other in very like uh, defensive tones of voice. Um, the like you know like Rodian man is like doing his Rodian speech thing like during uh, all of this, which you can't understand. Um, and everyone is up in an uproar. And L like your attention like focuses back onto. Uh, Grandmaster Emmy Grimwald, and you see her start floating slowly up from her spot where she was floating above her council chair, like up towards the center of the room. And you like see like all of the lights in the council room like flicker as they like draw into her and go out from their source and then like expand rapidly from her in a ball, like basically like flashing the room in like this huge wave of light. And like there's kind of this like distant like kind of like crack of thunder sound almost as this light disperses and everyone turns up to her and says and she says if there will be one thing in this chamber it will be peace and order and you see that her eyes are glowing blue 
and everyone takes their seats again as she hovers back down. The Force works in mysterious ways. These are the facts as we know them. Through a strange series of events, L was gone from the knowledge of the Jedi Order. I think now, having in no small part saved the planet with the other Argonauts, it cannot be disputed where his loyalties lie. In being candid about what he knows, I take it as a sign of good faith that L is not trying to deceive us. We happen to have two of the artifacts that L has mentioned in our custody and I can verify their authenticity. Some of you see L in their abilities as a threat or an aberration. I see it differently. In my eyes, L has come to us presenting a solution to a problem that we were unaware of. And that we, lacking the natural connection that L has to this particular conflict, are not in a good position to know how best to proceed. L. Please explain to us what is going on and what you think is best to do about it. Right. So there's a lot of different artifacts. Three of them are closely related. The Orb of the One Mind, the Crown of Erebus, and yeah, the the Bane of the infinite empire uh a while ago there was this empire shrouded in darkness evil taken over the galaxy there was a person who uh you know was the emperor long story short it got destroyed um in a very sort of cataclysmic way there are thousands of souls trapped in the orb of the one mind I I assume constant torment. Um, There are, uh, I believe, is it the spirits that are in the the crown? Yeah, so uh, the crown was, it was a, was intentionally made by the cultists of the Infinite Empire as like, to, to be used to dominate others. Yeah. Um, The spirits of the people that they tormented were, created into the orb right Right. so yeah they're kind of symbiotic uh, in that way right and the uh the crown of erebus was used by this empire in order to control people that's what sue had with the the smoke and the worms and the you know taking over people's bodies and uh well there was this the emperor soul died and essentially his soul is still wandering looking for vessels 
was in the person who tried to kill me on Rhodia a few years ago. It was in Sue. It tried to jump into Akala before y'all showed up. So it's still out there. Um, and we have reason to believe that the Hive is using the Orb of the One Mind, which used to be in the droid known as Rosie, uh, to further jump forward and advance their technology so they can expand rapidly across the universe or the galaxy. Uh, the, the dagger I mentioned was initially created by the forces of light, but you know what they say about like power corrupting. So I don't think it's so hot to use these days. Um, Master Uble speaks up and says, yes, Master Win." You are the Jedi's foremost lore master. Is, can you verify any of this about the Infinite Empire and the downfall of the last Emperor? Um, master, when the Rodian kind of like looks like with a hand on his like face and his like large ov- ovular eyes like look at you, Al, and he says, I, yes, there are some records that we know of that speak of some of these things. The downfall of Emperor Telemax is documented, and there are mentions of the Bendu in some of those records as well. Um, Master Ugly kind of spreads his hands and says, It seems that we have no reason not to trust that this information is correct. The way that I see it is that the Hive has one of these artifacts, and the Hive has also attacked Coruscant. Which means that they are our enemy and are plotting to harm us. So, as a council, I do not think it is too bold to say that our options are to either do nothing and otherwise do not obstruct L and company in their mission to counteract these forces or else we aid them in some way. And there's kind of some general murmuring to that point. Also, does Rama or Mix want to say anything in defense of L or of this mission or of anything they've talked about? Mix is just along for the ride. <laughs> like, I just got here. I'm not going to pipe in about anything. Yeah, Mix, why don't you stand up to the Jedi Council <laughs> right now? Honestly, what is Mix's reactions to L just being like, fuck it, here it is. Like, I'm kind of interested in, like, what her impression is of this party. Yeah, they're they're probably pretty, like, whoa, I got some balls while they were dead. (laughs) Like, this is is (laughs) wild. Um, uh, Yeah, this is not something that Mix would probably ever do. They're uh, kind of a... You know, they stay in the forge most of the time. They're not super bold about shit like this. Um, True. They're not really known as a hero like these two are. Um, so, yeah, again, just kind of along for the ride, just kind of here to watch. <laughs> Doesn't really, is not going to, you know, take charge on any of this. Um, Rama, what about you? I feel like uh, earlier in the story, Rama would have been like, oh, yeah, just, let me just show these guys the what for. And... Um, you know, he's learned a lot. This is, he probably wouldn't help. He can lie, but he really can't persuade. So this is not the. Pro- <laughs> I don't think Rama Rama calculates that he doesn't quite have the clout to be able to tell the Jedi Council what for, um, given that he's not even like force sensitive. So 
<laughs> your space magic. Let me tell you about how it works. So he's gonna, he's just gonna like keep his mouth shut and just kind of give some, try, try and send some, uh, some positive affirmation mentally toward L. Good. Yeah, just a good vibe, vibe sending. <laughs> completely, completely aware that it does nothing, or at least yeah. he believes it does I nothing. I'm so force sensitive. Maybe I pick up on it. <laughs> Okay, so now I would like you guys to to make your case about like what you want to do um, and like how you think that you guys should take care of the hive. Right. So to that end with the hive, I think we need to launch just a forward assault. They don't know we know where they are, uh, so they certainly won't be expecting us this quickly. Um Ramaviron has offered use of his ship, the Thorn. We're definitely going to need... We would appreciate uh, assistance in crewing and uh, supplying that vessel, but it is unlikely that there will only be one ship, even if there is just a large main ship. Uh, So if there's anything that Jedi could offer or help arrange as far as getting some backup support for this strike we need to disable the ship but we also need to secure the orb of the one mind so there's going to be a space battle and some level of infiltration um the council kind of takes this in um the arcanian woman uh, master guinevere uh speaks up again and says well, if they don't know that we know where they are, then we shouldn't spoil the surprise by sending our whole navy to them. And if you're so confident that we can trust Elle and company to go do this, perhaps we should just send them alone and see how they handle it. Does anyone else say any? Do anyone else on the council say anything? No, that? they, they just let less that linger. Right. Well, I don't. It's not a question of trust, it's a question of firepower. I'm not suggesting an entire armada. I'm just saying, I believe it is in the Jedi Order's best interest and the interest of the people of Coruscant that the powers that launched a full-scale assault on the surface of the planet are apprehended. And I can't imagine that the Jedi alone are the only ones interested in that solution. Um, yes, more kind of general murmuring. Um, go ahead and roll, uh, roll me a persuasion check. Hold on. Can I, can I just be holding my lightsaber while we're talking? It doesn't have to be out, right? I just could be, have it in my hand. Like, okay. Like, like if you're just like touching it, I I mean, that's a pretty aggressive thing to be doing in this situation. Yeah, that's fair. I won't. Because that would be like a more of an intimidation check, I would Elle think. Just murders the whole council. Yeah. How to get killed by <laughs> the council? Um. Uh, yes. Uh, twenty-six. Okay. Um. So the council is is very convinced. Um. By your kind of retort to Master Guinevere that. Sending you in alone isn't an option. Um, I think Bronze is going to speak for the council in his reply when he says, well, obviously sending 
one ship in alone against um, a fortified satellite ship that has somewhere in the neighborhood of one to two hundred fighter ship capacity would be ill-advised. But I think sending all of our military forces or a bulk of our military forces off planet while we are still rebuilding a significant portion of our own defenses and infrastructure here may also leave us vulnerable. If I may suggest, there is a contingent of our forces that is designed to help with uh, small-scale infiltration missions against a much larger force. They have quite the combat record since their installment. Of course, I'm talking about Easy Company. Uh, I don't know if we feel comfortable sending more Jedi out, given the state of things, but they would be able to supply two or three extra ships to accompany the mission. I mean, I, I think I think that sounds great. <laughs> um, okay, so as this kind of council meeting wraps up, so uh, 26 was a very good persuasion role, so this is what I'm going to say. Um, the council is not going to let you hire your own crew for your own ship from the council, or from the Jedi Order. So you'll have to still pay for some of your own crew and equipment and supplies. Your gunship is fully stocked and loaded. Um, part of the th benefit of the Thorn is that it has an armory built in, which means that it comes stocked with kind of like uh, blaster pistols and blaster rifles and armor and some other like equipment generally for your crew to use and for your use as well. Um, otherwise, uh, you'll need to recruit some people, um, for like the, however, like much like unnamed crew you want, like people to just like assist yeah. with ship operations. Um, we can just kind of like get some hiring numbers there and figure that out. Otherwise, like if you want to recruit people for like specific jobs, like if you wanted somebody to run uh, communications or like operations or something like that, um, you could make that hire. <laughs> um, so uh, kind of what the council decides is best and what you guys kind of work out is that because like the hive is not like a full military and because the council like the jet like Coruscant is weak right now they're not going to send the whole military force but what they will do is have you like scout ahead and make infiltration preparations with this company of Republic uh, like special operations soldiers to uh, devise a plan to like infiltrate and otherwise eliminate the hive. Um, nice. The idea being that like there is probably going to be a larger confrontation in space, which Easy Company will be able to help a lot with. Um, but maybe the main infiltration of the hive itself will be left up to the Jedi and company. Um, so uh, the council meeting uh, is dismissed on those terms. Um, and everybody is uh, kind of on their way out. Um, what would you guys like to do next to prepare to, excuse me, what would you guys like to do next to prepare to get out of here? I would just have uh, to call Digo real quick. Yeah, okay, go ahead and make that call. Can <clears throat> I just uh, say while Rama's doing that, that I'm making preparation to get all those unnamed people to just staff the ship? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. In fact, if you go and find Cecil, I think she can assist you with making like hiring preparations from basically like, you know, 
spacerrecruiting.com or whatever. Okay, um, yeah. We can do that later. Yeah. I, have, I want to say something to Cecil too, so like we'll do that later. Um, okay, okay. And I, I think Mix is probably going to like go, actually go to the ship and make sure, like do all like flight pre- preparation and stuff, make sure everything's a go before before takeoff. <laughs> okay, we'll handle that in a second. Uh, we'll start with Rom calling Digo. Beep, beep, boop, beep, beep. Um, you get like a communication like click in your helmet and you hear um, heavy breathing as uh, Digo's voice comes over the other line <sighs> who is this how'd you get this number uh, this is Rama Rama <laughs> what's up man how's it going D- D- I- are you shooting right now uh, me shooting no <laughs> You hear the sound of like a grenade <laughs> detonating in the background. No, I just uh, we're ha- I'm settling an argument. Uh, see, I was playing a game of cards, and you know, there's normally a set amount of cards on the deck, and oh, it just so happens I found the next row on high was an ace, and uh, they didn't like that, so now we're settling some differences. <laughs> uh, can I give you a call back in about uh, ten minutes? Uh, okay. Alternatively, if you need some backup, I could. Uh... I'm about to ask a huge favor of you, so uh, do, you want, do you know an extra gun for a minute? Uh, that would be great, yeah, if you could get over here. I am, uh... He gives you an address in, uh, <laughs> in 500, in, like, the, the, like, street level of 500 Republica, um, that you can go and bust over. Uh, um, I'll be right there. <laughs> Hop on the speeder bike and just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking god! Yeah, so you run in, you run into the hangar, and you grab that fucking diesel bike that you were like borrowing from Bronze earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely like, like you're like really definitely like taking this bike to its limit as you like bust through the city to get to 500 Publica. Um, I'll just yeah, like you, kick the door down to the casino he's in. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you like roll up to a casino and you see like Digo like running out with like smoke coming out of the front of the building, um, and he's like firing a blaster back in and says, "Oh my God, you are a lifesaver!" And he like hops on your bike. You see like a couple um, like security guards like coming after him like through the door with like pistols. Um, they can start I, taking shots at you. What would you like can, to do? Can I just can I just roll to try and uh, disarm all of them? Um, so you want to, you want to shoot them and try to disarm them both. So the, the rule on disarming blows, since it's my signature, uh, maneuver, right? It was like once per shot, but per action. So if I action surge and shoot again, or can I just fire three times and add disarming blow to two of them? Yeah. Just, just like roll two attacks to hit and then we'll do it. We'll do it normally. This is just a fun little thing. Got it. All right. So that's a, uh, uh, let me scroll up to the blaster pistol. That's an 18. That is a 17. Uh, yeah, you, you are able to shoot both guards. Um, so now (laughs) they have to roll a, a strength save. Yeah. The strength save DC on that is 16. Okay. Not one. 13. They both drop their guns. <laughs> okay. I shoot the blasters out of both their hands. Uh, Stop! Thief! Cheater! <laughs> motherfucker! Um, <laughs> like, Alright, Digo, it's, uh, let's go. <laughs> Hop on and then fly Digo out of there. Yeah, you you peel off um, and uh, you you get a, a call from, from Maxi um, sounding very irritated on your, on your helmet and says... 
Mr. Viron, why are there? Why is there a police search out for you on a motorbike? Uh, it's not me. It's a different Mandalorian. I'm uh, uh, my buddy and I are out trying to chase him. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go and hunt him down. Is there any reason other than mayhem and making me angry that you are breaking the law in my city again? What's that? So, oh, sorry, I'm getting another call in. Sorry, sorry, Maxie. I'm gonna end the call. <laughs> uh, you end the call, and then you like hear like, um, in your fucking brain. Roll me a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's in that one. That's great. Okay, uh, Rama, Maxi, you you don't know this. Maxi is like standing in a room at the top of the Jedi Temple that is like a, the like basically like city overseeing like room where he has like a bunch of like clear glass windows that also double at screens and he has like you up on the screen and you he just saw you like turn your communicator off and he like he like reaches towards the screen with his hands and through the force gets into your brain and says why are you doing this and searches into your brain what does he find uh i'm guessing he would First off, what's his fucking problem? <laughs> it's just, it's, I didn't even shoot anybody. I just, I just, come you on. Literally shot two you, literally, you literally shot two people. You literally shot two people. What do you mean? I bent the law. I just slightly bent the law. I, I, uh, just, I just took tell some liberties. Just, what is, what is, what does he get back when he asks you why you're doing um, this? Just about like, yeah, probably wasn't the best move, but the fact of the matter is pragmatically Digo is a loyal friend and going to be very useful for this trip. And if he got shot because he was, uh, if he got shot dead and we didn't have him, that's one more risk we'd have to take when it comes to getting back the orb with a one mind. So, you know, um, frankly a little bit drastic, but you know, Okay, so he's he sees that like the reasoning behind it is like you're trying to recruit this man, and so you're getting out I'm out of trouble, and like he's privy to what happened in the council. You get back in response again in your brain, like ringing like between your eyes. You just hear him say, "If you just wanted to recruit him and get him out of trouble, fucking ask next time." And then you like it the the feeling dissipates. Um, <laughs> And you take <laughs> fucking five psychic damage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then, like, behind you, like, you hear the sirens, like, click off as Maxi calls them off for you, um, saving you the trouble of going to jail again. And I'm, Digo on your back is like, hey, man, are you okay? You're kind of driving a bit crazy. Uh, I'm actually I have no idea how to drive these things. This is, like, the second time I've ever taken this thing out. Uh, also... Uh, a friend of mine who I think has a crush on me just like entered into my brain and scrambled shit up so that sucks too oh that's scary uh so uh about that favor I can repay you for getting me out of trouble uh yeah so we're about to gallivant all around space picking up magical uh object shit depositing it and taking down a giant hive the one that invaded the Agaplex not too long ago. Basically a suicide mission. Sure. Sounds great. Am I getting paid? Yes, you're getting paid. Jeez, come on. I'm in. Let's go. Awesome, awesome. So when we get back to the to the hangar, can I take like uh 
just 10,000 credits and give it to a, a, a droid with a little note that says like to Maxi, here's the, here's the fine for public disturbance. <laughs> How uh, much are so you giving I, him? 10,000 credits. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you br- yeah, you bribed the Jedi Order. I mean, I shot order. two... Uh, <laughs> I did shoot at two, <laughs> at two civilians <laughs> with deadly um, fire. Yeah, it you... Probably busted their blasters, too. You send $10,000 to essentially the Jedi Chief of Police, and we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> with, like, a note, like, XOXO Rama, sorry. <laughs> I think I think Maxie's definitely breaking stuff. I just don't know what, and I don't want to talk about it right now. But he's definitely breaking stuff. Um, okay, right. so you recruited Diego Nevada. So Rama pulls in with Diego into the hangar. Oh, let's go back to Mix. So Mix, you said you want to take a look at the ship's innards. Yeah, just to make sure everything's good to go. Yeah, uh, so, again, so this ship is, like, a medium-sized ship, which means it's, like, gigantic by a regular scale, so it has, like, the capacity to hold, like, you know, it has housing and, like, a dining space, and it has, like, a cargo hold, and has escape pods, the armory, a barracks, um, it has an engine room, it has a hyperdrive, it has an astronaut computer, which, uh, in fact, if you try to interact with the computer, if you'd like to, some, so you can learn some more about the ship. Sure, yeah. Great. Beep, boop, uh, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so you start fiddling. You start playing those old old dashboard keyboards um, <laughs> on the uh, front of the ship. Um, and uh, a holographic projection of a female-looking droid, female-presenting droid that you do not recognize um, pops up and introduces herself and says, Hello, I am Rosie. I am this ship's artificial intelligence and astronav computer. How can I help you? Um, remind me, did Rama say that Rosie's name was Rosie? Like, would I make that connection right now? I can't remember. I think he only said it was his mother. Okay. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Rama, did, did you say Rosie's name? I'm... <sighs> I re-listened to this episode like two days ago to prep, so you'd think I know. I don't remember. I remember saying it was Monkey's mom. I will say that Monkey's made of porcelain, and Mix did comment on that. And Rosie's... Can I... Here, how about this? Can I roll either like an insight or an intelligence check to see if I can make the like the Rose connection? <laughs> um, yeah, make make an insight check. I also have a Rose on my... Yeah, the like chef is... You can also ask her. I'm starting to think, because Rama mentioned the ship being... No, yeah, we did. We did have a, a conversation about this because of the, yeah, the Rose Knight ta- thing. You, yeah, so I, I would say that you would know. You would know that. You're right. That is a good pickup hand. You did, you, that's right. I just had to go back into my fucking database <laughs> yeah. of this fucking show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the canon. We haven't updated the wiki in a while. Um, oh, you're Rosie. Wow, Okay. I see. Uh, Hello, Rosie. My name is Mix. Nice to meet you. Hello, Mix. It is nice to meet you, too. Um, And I'm going to, like, tap my back to get Match to come off of his little charging station. Um, This is Match. I'm sure that you two will get very acquainted very soon. Um, She regards Match and kind of, like, uh, puts out kind of, like, an E.T. finger towards Match. (laughs) 
Um, and I think like Match like kind of like boops and makes contact, and you see um, over Match's um, like metal hole, you see kind of like a ripple of like that holographic blue like go over it and kind of like a wave um, almost, and then kind of recede um, back into the hologram. Um, and Rosie, or the the projection of Rosie, says, "Huh, hello, Match. You are a very good boy." Um, and Match, I would imagine, kind of like beeps and chirps. Um, yeah. How interesting. You are also an original. Hmm. He sure is. My own work. Very good. How can I help you? Yeah, I just want to run a scan on all systems in the Thorn just to make sure that we are ready for takeoff uh, soon. Absolutely. One moment while I prepare a systems check. Um, and after a few moments, um, you get a, a like rolling uh, stream of like system check dialogue from Rosie. Damage control systems, operational. Hard and prow, operational. Power backup systems, operational. Shock absorbers, operational. Astromech socket, operational. Comms package premium, installed. Flight computer, installed. Hyperdrive slot, installed. Scanner premium installed. Sensor damper sensor dampener installed. All systems operational and functioning fine. The weather is also quite nice. Perfect. Sounds good. Um I don't know, is there any like could I go into the systems and see if there's any like upgrades I can make in in the time that I have? That I like notice uh, that like, oh maybe we have some extra tech lying around. See if I could, sure. I don't know. So, like, the party can purchase ship upgrades. They do tend to be pretty expensive, like in the thousands of dollars. Of course, you're not the one that has the money. Um, the so, um, I would think that if L knew that you were going and doing this, he probably would have just. I don't know what a reasonable amount of money is, but like, you have a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so some other things that you pick up at the ship. So the ship is uh, is not currently registered with the Bureau of Ships and Services, which isn't a big deal. It's just like you need to figure out before you fly off planet. Um, you have to register the actual formal name, which the, is the Thorn. So just filing that paperwork. Um, and then uh, you also need to get a transponder code, um, which is also not a big deal. Um, it's just like a code that's built into the engines that the Jedi contract. So I'm going to say that like you are able to fill out that paperwork so that you're officially registered as the Thorn. Perfect. You get your own unique transponder code. Um, this uh, ship also has a holonet system. The holonet in Star Wars is a instantaneously like, communication system that allows people across planets to stay in contact. So normally your radio, your normal comm systems wouldn't work outside of like the solar system range. So like, that's why it's difficult to like talk on your communicator, like when you're out in your ship, but you do have a hollow net, um, like array, which, you know, you have to like kind of log into manually to like send and receive communication. So that's kind of another important thing, but you are equipped with that. Um, and you do have an astronaut computer, which can help you make the calculations to jump into hyperspace, which you will be doing, um, mix. That'll probably be your job. <laughs> Um, great. So with that, uh, is there anything else you want to ask the ship's computer before uh, we switch scenes? Nah.
Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up and, um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale. And then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap-up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while, simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. Um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's... It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but, yeah. That's, that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. So, Elle, you wanted to go talk to Cecil? Yeah, and if it's okay, like, um, can we kind of jump into, like, the middle of that conversation? Because I feel like we don't need, like, the beginning of, oh, I need to hire people, but, like, as we're already kind of working through. Is that, like, okay? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
Mostly because we got a lot of Cecil L dynamic. We've caught up. For sure. Um, yeah, so I think uh, we're just sitting somewhere at a at a thing and i assume cecil's asking all of these like personnel questions that l doesn't really have an answer to just like yeah we need people for a ship and uh cecil's like how many and l has no idea and so then cecil has like look up to see like average numbers for like similar vessels and that kind of thing um okay great yeah so i i let me tap into my hiring network connections that i have just throughout Coruscant and see who's here. I mean, I know that just because of the nature of things going on and what Coruscant's about, there's always people looking for work. Um, so basically, the way I see how this breaks down, the optimal number of just support crew to have for your size of a ship would be somewhere in the neighborhood of like three to four people. So you don't need to hire that many crew. Um, basically if you don't hire anybody, it's just, you're not going to have, you know, it's just going to be a lot harder to run the information systems. What she explains to you, the number of crew that you end up hiring affects your intelligence modifier for your ship, which affects a lot of the roles that you guys will make kind of in combat and like to maneuver around your, your ship. Um, so the, what you're looking at right now is like hiring zero crew obviously won't cost you anything. Um, one um or hiring yeah so oh sorry yeah so hiring like three or two will give you like bonuses of um like one and two respectively and then four you get like plus uh three to like intelligence so like it's just that kind of calculation yeah let's hire four then okay um so I think like a monthly wage, um, like for how long you keep the crew. So you're going to be responsible for paying four people. Roll me four D6s. Uh, five, one, four, five. Do you need those added together? Five, one, four, That's, five. That's yeah. uh, 14. 14. Great. Um, yeah. So you'll be paying $14,000 total in salary per month for the hirees. Um well, they got you, unions or something? Holy moly. I hope they're so. Good, they're good crew. So by, by paying that price, you're getting people that are, uh, like, have, they like, come with good reviews on the different various, like, job, like, networks, like, uh, you know, gig uh, job hiring, like, sites. Um, so you end up getting, like, people that have, like, worked before on various crews that are, are cool, like, trusted, um, and you end up hiring for people. Sweet. Great. So if, as long as we get them signed up... Um, I'll I'll manage them and direct them to the hangar so they can get accustomed to the ship, get their stuff moved in, um, and they should be be here within the day. Oh, that's great. Um, I'll kind of like sort of changes disposition a little bit. Cecil, can can you do a favor for me? Do you even have to ask? <laughs> right. Uh, I'll um pulls out uh, a letter that's in a sealed envelope. Oh, a letter? Yeah. Um, I'm not really allowed to to see Akala before I go. Um, probably not really going to 
be able to interact again with how things have uh, shaken out. So you want me to uh, deliver a letter? Okay. If you can. Would you like me to say anything as a way of introduction or just... uh, Is it... Do I need to, should I bring this up at the beginning of a conversation or at the end of a conversation? I just need to know, like, what am I, am I about to, like, give her a lit grenade and this is going to be, like, a whole thing? I don't or... imagine you'll have, like, a lot of a conversation after it. I don't know what you'll talk about. I don't no, know if you guys see, really I, I'm, I'm not about to talk to her about this. I'm not going to be a middleman for this relationship because that's just a boundary that I have. Cause, and it seems like it's settled, so, like, I'm not, I'll just give her the lever, letter and, and dip once I say what I need to say. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? I yeah. hope I'm not offending think, you when I say like I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't want you to be. If I could, because I'll I let would, her know. I mean, like, if you honestly, girl, if you fucking want, I'll. And she like it starts like talk, like taking her earrings no, off. No, 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 no. It's like it's nothing no? like that. Okay. No. Okay. It's, she puts some uh, puts her earrings back in. Yeah, Aqua's going through a really hard time right now. Yeah. Like spiritually and also just emotionally and stuff and i just it feels wrong to not i just don't want to leave the planet again without saying goodbye yeah okay i hear you oh okay yeah i'll i'll deliver the letter no no sweat and i won't we don't need to get into it um i'm cool yeah please don't get it i'm cool i'm cool i'm you're always cool hey i know you don't always trust you with this shit (sighs) i know you know I got an official title, by the way. Took him a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. Like, what's your title? Chief Humanitarian Officer. CHO, baby. Oh, my God. You are moving up in the world. I know. I know. I'm going to rebuild this. And you know what? It's going to look even better than the, the first time. I'm really going to bring the yeah, power well, and lights back to glory. I'm glad to hear it. They deserve it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so as you, is there anything else you'd like to say before this kind of conversation wraps up and we go deal with that? Um, I think just, and uh, I probably won't be able to see you again for a while, regardless, just going out to my own death or something. Probably not. I think we'll be fine. You know, I'm an oracle after all. So. <laughs> and you'll always be my hero. Um, <laughs> uh, Elle takes her in a big hug and like kisses her on the top of the head. Oh, yeah, she like really leans into the hug and the kiss. Um, okay, L. Some things, some things. This is just uh, outside of you know this character moment, but I think this is a good time to bring it up because of your actions within the Force and the way that you have comported yourself as a Jedi, you have now reached a milestone in your force alignment where you are gifted a major benevolence. So as, uh, as you know, in addition to your eyes glowing blue in moments of satisfaction, um, you, when you or an ally within 30 feet of you makes a charisma, um, specifically a persuasion check, to attempt to calm a creature or bring peace or an alliance, uh, you may spend a force point to add one d4 to the result of that roll. Oh, we can be friends. Oh, I love that. Yes. Um, now I also need you. So this is also kind of catching up on some prior force stuff as well, because you've also earned a minor benevolence, which you will roll for. 
Okay, uh, yes, roll a d4 for me. Four. Okay. A four. Um, <laughs> uh, wild animals become significantly less prone to attacking you. Um, <laughs> wild creatures are, are much less aggressive towards you. You emanate uh, an aura of, of trust and compassion that animals um, are drawn to. That's the best thing. That's even better than the mechanical thing. I get animal friends. Yes. Um, also, over the course of your recovery, your strength score is restored to its previous state after having reconnected a uh, hand to your right arm. Um, and now, ha- as the connection has really settled and your muscles have become reattached to the hydraulic workings of the hand, I would also like you to roll for me an additional d10. Nine. Increase your strength score by nine. Holy shit! (laughs) You shouldn't reward me for being annoying about this. (laughs) That's you're not a strength based fighter, are you? Isn't it dexterity? No, I'm a strength based fighter. Okay, it is. Okay, so what does that bring your total strengths or your total score? That brings it up to (laughs) twenty three. What was it before? Fourteen. Okay, we're gonna nerf that just to to twenty as (laughs) as kind of a maxed stat there. I, I'm okay with that. Robo arm, awesome. Listen, <laughs> you, you used a very precious resource in the Beskar Steel to give you a very good prosthetic hand. So, um, and it's it's the big strong, and you're a big strong boy. So you get you get some big strong stats. The six million dollar um, L. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So um, Cecil goes on to deliver the letter so we're going to shift to akla now let's go um you uh do not get a knock at your door instead you hear cecil outside say oh hello gentlemen good to see you hey akla are you in there i know you are but is it okay if i come in hi cecil um yeah come in Perfect. Um, she opens the door and you see Cecil and her very smart, like, navy blue pantsuit with her, like, official title, chief humanitarian officer across her lapel. Um, and uh, she comes in and she kind of, like, takes off a pair of, like, white gloves and says, hello, how are you doing? I've been better. How are you doing? Doing well. I am very busy <laughs> much busier than the last time we uh had seen each other which is good um which is good i got promoted um to chief humanitarian officer which means i'll be overseeing the humanitarian aid and rebuilding projects of the power and lights district um as i understand that you've been informed uh there is a substantial rebuilding process underway um and we need all the volunteers we can get to help with that effort. Um, and I was told that you're looking to get out and stretch your legs a little bit. So I have come here to ask you if you would like to tomorrow morning begin volunteering for us to help uh, parse through the rubble and establish some humanitarian centers in the Power and Lights District. How does that sound? Um, she thinks about it for a second just kind of contemplating the pros and cons. Um uh yeah, I I think I would I would like to be there if I can. Wonderful. Well, uh 
someone will come to get you tomorrow morning um, and escort you to the work site um, and explain uh, in further details. Uh, there's a foreman, um, Foreman Gerald. He's a great guy. Um, he's going to explain to you what your responsibilities and your job description is going to be. And he's going to kind of guide you through that work experience. But I'll, I'll be overseeing it. Um, Maxi is also very interested in your progress as well. So he said that he's going to stay in touch. Um, and we'll have a great experience doing a lot of good for the community. So, yeah, I'm glad that you're on board. Um, before I leave, um, I do have something for you that I would like to give to you. Um, here you go. And out of her lapel, she takes the sealed envelope that Elle gave her. Um, and she gives it to you, Akala, and says, Wish you all the best. Let me know if you have any problems. I am, of course, always at your service. But please, if it's not an emergency, don't call. Because I've got like four phones and they're all blowing up. So, uh, ciao. Have a nice evening. See you later. Bye. Um, and she leaves. Amazing. Leaving you with the letter. Amazing. Um... I think uh, probably knowing exactly what this is, um, Akala just kind of, I think she's sitting at whatever table is in this room. She just kind of sets it on, on the table and just kind of stares at it for a long time, contemplating whether to actually open it or not. Um, but yeah, I think eventually curiosity gets the best of her and she opens it. Um, great. Um, I, I've talked with Mills and I think she would like to read this letter as L for you. So, uh, the outside just has your name written and you would, uh, recognize the handwriting. Yeah, I sure. that, yeah. It's not very, it doesn't look very good. L's one of those lefties who has, like, <laughs> shitty, really shitty handwriting. Uh, -huh. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> okay. Uh, the letter says, I hope you find peace wherever it lies. I am sorry for not taking ownership of my actions in our relationship. It was easier, I think, to put the decision on your shoulders, and that was unfair of me. You are and have always been the only person who controls your future, no matter what anyone else says, and I'll always believe in you. Love is a tricky thing. It takes many forms. It can last a moment or a lifetime. I don't know if it ever entirely goes away, but I think that's a good thing. There are many things I regret about my adolescence. Many things I feel I missed out on, but I cherish every moment we had. If I know you as well as I think I do, you're probably throwing yourself a pity party and that's fine, but don't let yourself sink in too deeply. You're too good for that. I assume you got the same spiel as me, so I won't be reaching out again. I hope you heal. You deserve to be great. Signed, L. P.S. Not really sure how to say this, but if you go full dark side, there's an immortal force ghost spirit that will try to possess you, parentheses. It tried to kill me twice and turn you into a huge bitch like Sue. And if nothing else, you really don't want that. Sorry for not bringing that up sooner, too. <laughs>
Um, okay. Um, I think Akala rereads over the last few lines a couple of times. The one, the ones before before the PS. <laughs> the ones before the PS. <laughs> uh, Just like for the eleventh time. PS. There's an immortal force ghost trying to. What? What? What do they mean by this? <laughs> um. There are definitely tears in her eyes. Um. But yeah, after um. After glancing through it, the whole thing and just kind of taking it all in. She rips it in half straight down the middle. And then um, goes and lays down on her bed facing the wall. And the sun sets over the Jedi Before we leave, get too far away from Akala. Um, Akala, so you're in kind of a special case because your force alignment has recently flipped. Um, this will become this will come more into to play right now. But currently, you are at just like write this down for your character sheet. This is just a metric that I am kind of arbitrarily creating or have created, um, but like influenced by the system itself. But you have you're currently ten force. Uh, like you are like 10 points in the force towards the dark side from your fall to the dark side. So part of your rehabilitation is getting out of the red and into the blue in a pretty literal symbolic sense. Um, so just like minus 10 is your number there. But with a minus 10, you do get a minor benevolence or a minor, um, uh, sorry, a, a minor corruption as opposed to a minor oh, benevolence. <laughs> Love that. Um, so instead of making you, you roll for it, this, I think this one, I just makes a lot of sense based where your character's been at. Cool. You have advantage on charisma intimidation checks and disadvantage on wisdom and insight checks made against creatures with a higher wisdom score than you. Okay. So for all of these Jedi around you that have really high wisdom, you have advantage on charisma and intimidation checks um, against these like high wisdom creatures. So that's where you're at. Um, it's just a function of where you're at in the force, so that's a little extra spicy little thing for you. Okay, so the day turns into night, and the sun turns around the globe, and we are back in the hangar with the thorn. I'm going to say everybody has kind of uh, reacquainted themselves. Um, Rama, bronze has some things for uh you and for mix um hand so i think he's going to call you two over um first to mix bronze is going to say now i want to say i'm really pleased that you're about to go on this mission mix i can think of no one better than you to represent not only the order but me as a very proud jedi master on this very important mission and I wasn't about to let you go empty-handed, um, so I got you this. And he shows you um, 
a wrist mounted net launcher um, that affixes to uh, one of your wrists. It's kind of a compact uh, net launcher. I'm going to drop this into the live chat, uh, live chat as well for you to to check out. Amazing. Um, is this a real thing that is in this universe, or is this a homebrew thing? Uh, a little bit of both. It's been, okay. the the effects are the same as normal nets, but because it's a launcher and because I am cool, I have given it extra effects. So let me explain. <laughs> Amazing. So, Amazing. Um, <laughs> This net launcher shoots an electrified net that does 1d4 electric damage to any creature caught within the net. Um, a large or small creature hit by a net is restrained until it is freed. Um, it has no effect on creatures that are formless or creatures that are huge or larger. Um, a creature can use its action to make a DC 10 strength check, freeing itself or another creature within, uh, within its reach. On a failed save, the creature in the net takes another 1d4 electric damage. Um, and then dealing five slashing damage to the net also frees the creature. So basically, um, anytime somebody is caught in the net, they need to make a roll to free themselves. And if they fail, they take electric damage over time. So it's a way for you to uh, kind of have an air, like, you know, affect the battlefield in a kind of an interesting way. Um, so I hope you like that. Um, it's a little, little boon from your Jedi Master. I there. love it. No, it's great. Um, while on the topic of Mix, um, Mix is a seventh level force caster um and has had a life of their own before this moment so it makes sense that mix also gets a major benevolence um (laughs) mix's affinity for droid creatures not only gives them remarkable clarity when communicating with them but it also gives mix the ability to calm droids and align them to your side uh, to do this, Mix can roll technology at advantage as if it was a persuasion check to any droid creatures. It also gives you, like I said, like mechanically very good clarity over how droids are trying to communicate. So anytime you're talking to a droid, um, let me know like to what extent you want to understand it, and I can relay that to you. Just so mix and match. Image. Just having conversations during the day is just very, <laughs> it's a very good image. <laughs> um. Rama uh, Bronze addresses you and says, "I was, I was thinking about your sword that I uh, that I crafted for you uh, with Mix's help once again. Now Beskar is really interesting to work with because it's so resilient that you can apply all manner of different um, high intensity effects to it, and it won't bend or break or warp. So." I got to thinking, since you guys are going to be charging into uh, a hornet's nest, and he kind of like pregnant pauses, he's kind of like, no, hornet's nest? Oh, okay. no, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, He just kind of like looks down, like dejected for a second, and then comes back up. In any case, I decided that it would make sense to make you a sheath to accompany the sword. Um, so he, he pulls out, um, a like rigid, uh, metallic coated sheet that has like Jedi order engravings on the side of it. Um, as well as kind of like a rose, like thorn pattern as well down, like engraved into the metal. This is, uh, this, um, is a little, little beauty. Uh, I like to call the sheath of Ashla since we're talking about you know, the bend in the Ashla, the old mythology, <laughs> stuff that I really, uh, really get into. Uh, the sheath heats the Beskar steel during the course of combat when it's sheathed. You know, since you like to, to run in guns first and then move to the sword, I imagine. 
Um, when the sword is drawn and used for an attack on the same turn, the sword deals an additional d4 fire damage on the first hit of the attack. Oh, that is wicked awesome. Um, additionally, I, I understand that you like to, to add some incendiaries to your bullets and your arsenal, so... Um, with the same heating effect, uh, you can use your incendiary maneuver with the sword equipped um, by using the sheath. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and send you uh, just like that description along to go with it. But you know, like, so when you, you make those like uh, those maneuvers, right, to like add fire damage with fire, your guns. Yep. Yeah, like normally you can only do that with your guns. This allows you to do it with your sword as well. Awesome. Um, yes. So Sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. That's um, so cool. There you go. Oh, fuck. Um, giving gifts is fun. Um, <laughs> Receiving them is also fun. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all of the boons I'm conferring against uh, to you all today. Um, right. So um, I hope that these gifts aid you well and the events to come. Um, and he kind of like goes on and gets to his work. Um, Digo Nevada approaches um, all of you uh, and basically says, So, uh... I hear you have a job for me. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, L. Oh, yeah. So, um, we're, we're gonna go and stop the hive from trying to, like, take over the galaxy. So, Excellent. we figured we could, you know, how to use ships and stuff. So, you'd be a good asset. Of course. Uh, I'm gonna say that, like, you brief him, like, fully in kind of, like, the mission status and, and what you need him to do. And he says, I see. Well, if infiltration is going to be a key component of this mission, then I think that that would be best served as sort of an operations uh, officer of sorts to help us maneuver tricky situations involving guards and area codes and uh, transpondents, so to speak. No, that'd be uh, a good fit for me on this ship? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Wonderful. I'll go find a spot in the ship to throw my things down. Now, about the matter of pay, you see, I happen to be in a, a bit of a financial pickle and so I'm looking for work and I left right, my... Right, so how much, do you, how much do you charge for this sort of thing, Digo? Um, he looks you in your eyes and says, I would like, considering that I am going to be putting my life on the line and as Roma described to me earlier, this is almost assuredly a suicide mission. I think it makes sense to be charged... 10,000 credits up front and 10,000 credits at the end. Yeah, okay. I'm going to hand him the 10,000 oh. credits. <laughs> oh, uh, damn it. I should have asked for more. Um, okay, I'm your guy. <laughs> I think There's Nick a bonus. just kind of reacts to like that much money being flashed in front of them. Just kind of willy-nilly. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> Feels um, good to be big. You also see at this time M0, um, actually, <laughs> yeah, Mix, you see M0, like, very much just, like, hard dragging um, a, like, sled with a bunch of scrap metal and technology, like, into the cargo hold of the Thorn, like, scraping it heavily across the metal floor. Like, it's very conspicuous and obvious, and it's like... As you kind of like hear him like pull like this like heavy metal machinery like into the ship. Hey, little dude, what's what's up? What what you doing over there? And he's kind of like pretending to ignore you and is like pulling it still like into the ship. You wanna you wanna tell me where all that's going? 
uh, he kind of like looks back over to you and says, and like kind of like shakes his head and like kind of looks at you like, are you gonna are you gonna help? All right, whatever you're doing, let's do it. Let's do it right. <laughs> okay, or are you gonna just like try to lift, help him live? Like, yeah, lift let's. Stuff? I'll just help him do whatever yeah. he's doing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, and make a strength check. Yeah. Well, while he's doing that, someone say, <clears throat> "Monkey, were you whistling?" <laughs> Monkey, you don't have lungs. Um, you- I got a six on my strength. <laughs> by the way, um, uh, you like start like helping him drag this and you realize like oh this droid's actually a little bit strong (laughs) Um, like this is actually pretty heavy and like you also are like kind of like noticeably like struggling to get it in there but after a few minutes you guys are able to to kind of get the hauled machinery in there and you notice that like it's a lot of like damaged droid parts like broken like hard drives like some just like normal scrap metal but like just like a lot of like spare droid parts and shit um that he's like hauled on to to this ship um, while this is happening, um, L. Kobe Cornelius comes over to you and says, so you're heading out soon. Yeah, looks like it. Yeah, well, knew this was coming. I'll miss you. I'll miss you too. And, uh, not gonna be dead longer than if i'm if i'm dead and i come back um i'm i'll come back i'll be here alive when i come back it's the thought that counts on that one ouch um and he kind of like rubs his heart a little bit like rubs his chest a little bit on that one and he's like as he kind of like relives those memories and he says by the way we ran a background check on sue um well uh, on her corpse uh she's not quite who she said she was she was much older than she appeared about 45 years old oh wow yeah 45 year old her her identification traces her as a bounty hunter and that she had a brother we ran dna scans and she matched the cathar that we found on rhodia when you disappeared the only other information we know is that they were known for collecting artifacts for wealthy collectors across the galaxy so do we think that maybe she found this and kept it for herself then? Yeah, I think so. I think over time it just corrupted her. But if they were both a Force-sensitive pair working on the side, who knows? Interesting. But it would explain how it fell into her hands if she was a working as a bounty collector for magical artifacts and Iraqi had said that the artifacts were taken, you know, by various members of his expedition that found them. So if they're truly as dangerous as we're led to believe, then it makes sense how it would kind of fall through collecting channels until it found somebody that it didn't just kill. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that makes sense, especially those kinds of things tend to sort of call out to people. Um, He kind of just turns to you and puts his hands on your shoulder and says, Hey, be safe out there. Okay. I will. I promise. I'm going to give him a hug. Yeah, he's going to give you a hug, too. Um, Tear up a little bit. Yeah, um, and then he hands you, um, like, a little note card envelope and says, open this once you're on the road. Don't worry about it right now. But it's just just a little something. Yeah, I put it in uh, my pocket. Great. Um, 
Rama, did you also maybe want to see Akala before you left? Um, would they let? They trust me, right? I'm not force sensitive. I can't. I'm not gonna trigger they her. Would, they would. They would. I think they would let you see Akala. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to uh, say Maxi goes with you, just like, <laughs> just like, like stand outside the door. Oh, and he's pissed. He's like, <laughs> like he's I think I think like right now. <laughs> Walking like, down. I think I think like he comes down for like this the preparations to like like for you guys to leave and like you're like I want to go see Akala and he's like very like follow me and he's just like not really like talking to you um, and kind of like very like rushed like like leads you to her room and like the guards and says I'll wait out here come outside when you're done. Hey, and then uh, he just like thanks for the against the wall. Thanks for the solid, Maxi. Yeah, I'm glad we're still friends. All right, all right, okay. <clears throat> uh, Akala, are you uh, are you in there? Um, I think since this is chronologically after the letter happened, um, Akala kind of she hears Rama's voice and is like, "Oh shit, I need to get myself together real quick." Um, so I think she sits up, kind of wipes the, the tears out of her eyes, which are definitely still there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, come in. All right. I'm going to come in. Do I, can I roll in like a insight check to see if I can see that she was upset? Uh, I'm going to leave that up to Hannah if, if you need to, or what the DC would be for it. But otherwise, yeah, you can. Uh, sure. Yeah. Roll I've it. I've got a. After my upgrade, I got a plus zero to insight, so we'll see how this goes. That is a nineteen. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, you can tell she's been she's been crying. You don't right. know why, but yeah, she's she's been upset. But it, like, understandable, right? Given everything, right. so like, right. probably not unexpected. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Akla, uh, can I uh, sit down? Uh, yeah, I I didn't expect to see you. I mean, uh, I feel like we became friends at some point, right? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. I would hope that we, we still are. I think so. Uh, I've, uh, I've missed you, you know. I, uh, took a lot of doing to get Maxie to take me down here. Yeah, um, thanks for, for stopping by. I just don't want you to feel alone down here. I don't think alone is the right word. Not at least in in the physical sense. But I I won't bore you with the with the force sensitive details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I skipped that class in uh in school. Actually I skipped most of school, but uh look. I care about you, kid. And, uh... You've probably heard through one way or another, but we're gonna go for a while. And, uh... Look. I'd trade everybody on that ship except for L to... to get you back. Um, I think the... the tears come back at hearing that. Um... I... What what happened down there in in the cave, after after Sue? Um, I I I feel bad. 
Guilt never helped anybody, kid. I'm sure you do feel bad, but, uh... Can I ask Ram to roll another insight check? <laughs> yeah. On what I'm trying to accomplish here. That's another 19. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, you can tell that she's she wants to say she's sorry, but she is, like, physically unable to. Got it. Okay. Um, you know, to relieve that and also take a step forward is uh, making amends. If you're apologizing, I can accept the apology. She nods. I'll take it. Uh, anyway, I was never one for long speeches. Actually, I used to be, and then it would get people shot, so I'm going to leave you with this. I, uh, That's some great self-reflection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should really learn to shut up. Um, I'm going to stand up and um, offer a handshake very awkwardly. <laughs> hoping, hoping the uh, the the gesture uh, invokes some sort of familiarity with Rama doing his best, and um, be like, "Hey, we're still friends, right?" If you want to be, after everything I did. Honestly, if you cut that bitch in half, whatever, so I'm scared off my <laughs> back. This force stuff, whatever, you know, it's. Uh, not to say I'm condoning it. I will say. I, I will say that. That was something else. But, uh, like, I, I do recognize that, you know, deep end went off, etc. But, you know, it's, uh, you mean a lot more to me than any sort of, honestly, I don't know what. There was a time where, uh, that retirement home in Alderaan meant more to me than anything else. It's no longer the case. Does she take my hand to shake it, or is she? Yeah, like, <laughs> no, yeah, she does. She does. Um, thank you, Rama. May the force be with you. Um, as Rama says that, and you guys like clasp hands, Akala feels for the first time since being in the cave like a connection with the force, like manifest within herself. And as she clasps hands with Rama, like she, she and Rama kind of like share this like connection in their their heads like this emotional swirl of kind of like both of their pasts and the each sees the others like kind of like emotional imprint of like each stage of their lives until like you guys met and like had this journey together so uh akala sees like rama as a kid with his um with his parents and like sees the the deal gone wrong and his parents dying and the flashes of lightsaber and then him joining the military and being found by a a a clan of mandalorians and like kind of all of his like history and flashes in front of your mind until like you get to the part where like he meets you guys in um uh uh oh this the starlight bar yes And, and like the confusion and like uncertainty there that like formed into this friendship and this bond and conversely Rama, you see, like, Akala, like, her home life and, like, her parents and, like, her dad giving speeches and her mother, like, in the hospital and then Akala being taken away and meeting L and, like, see, you see flashes of that relationship and, like, past memories and, like, imprints of feelings and all the while it kind of, like, swirls in your guys' head. Um, and you see then her, like, reconnecting with L and meeting you and having this new sound, found sense of, like, friendship and community. Um, and 
you both like feel this like conglomeration of feelings and experiences uh, for a moment and as the handshake ends it dissipates I think she immediately gives Rama a hug ah I love you too Akala goodbye be safe you got it Great. Um, and Rama, you exit uh, the room, and then Maxi is like leaning up against the wall um, outside, <sighs> and like you see that he like looks a little choked up, and he's like, "Let's go." <laughs> uh, not not Maxi fucking eavesdropping <laughs> on our conversation. <laughs> hey, don't get soft, soft on me, the chief of police of a planet that's a whole planet that's just one big city. All right. Don't talk to me right now. I will slap you again. And he, like, walks um, over towards the hangar. Robert, like, um, takes a mental note that he's wearing a metal helmet. And it's like... Didn't stop him the first time. Didn't stop him the first time. Um, okay. You guys uh, are all joined in the hangar. You have your crew. You have uh, Digo, who you've recruited to help you. You've got your droids. You've got your gear. Um, are you guys ready to leave Coruscant? Blast off! Yes! Okay. Let's go! <laughs> Let's leave this shithole. <laughs> One of these days, just as a prank, I'm gonna be immediately after an Oculus scene be like, alright, then I'm gonna talk to Mix. <laughs> She's gonna turn on a dime. Yeah, I mean, I've been going back and forth a lot this episode, so you've been doing so good. Who do you think so you well. are? I am! <laughs> Um, <laughs> having an identity crisis. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, you guys all load into the Razorcrest class gunship. Um, the beautiful decal on the side of the rose uh, shimmers in uh, like this luminous light as the engines fire up and the uh, overhead hangar doors that lead to the outside of the Jedi Temple start opening up above you. Um, various crews that have been refueling and doing some maintenance on your ship um, scatter as all tubes and wires are disconnected and you guys load into your ship. Um, there is uh, a couple chairs in, in the, the pilot's position in the cabin and the pilot's room is like attached through uh, a various like sliding doors to kind of like a common area that leads to other parts of the ship, including two gunner positions, uh, an engineering hold, um, and various other uh, equipment um, positions throughout. Like I said, that this ship is medium-sized for ships, but it's huge from a human scale, so it's able to house like up to 20 people. Um, currently, um, besides the party, there is five others on board, um, which means that it's it's still fairly roomy, even for being a smaller-sized ship. Um, the Millennium Falcon is kind of an, a nice comparison. If you can kind of imagine like what the different halls in that ship kind of felt like in terms of space, that's kind of the size of ship we're dealing with. Your engines fire up. Rosie's, uh, you know, vi holographic visage uh, comes up uh, on screen uh, and says, "All systems are go. Welcome back, Captain Rama, to the Thorn. Are we ready to make our departure?" Hey, we sure are. Uh, wait a minute, L. Where are we going first? I think we head to Kashyyyk. Set the course for Kashyyyk. Let's get out of here, Rosie. Aye, aye, Captain. Liftoff procedure initiated. <laughs> engines fire the landing gear comes up and you guys slowly orient in the middle of this hangar um, and start flying up towards the outer atmosphere of Coruscant you can't jump into hyperspace right away um, <laughs> out of the planet right. 
as as Rama learned in a previous life, <laughs> entering and exiting Coruscant without the proper procedure oh, yeah. can lead to some pretty fucked consequences. This time, you guys clear all procedures, uh, you know, with Jedi clearance to leave. So you get into the upper atmosphere, and Rosie um, appears at uh, Mix at your uh, station and says, Hello. I understand that you are quite proficient when it comes to mathematics and engineering. Would you like me to assist you making astronav checks? I could always use a little extra help. Wonderful. Um, so go ahead and roll me a d20. And while that is happening, Rama, I would like you to make me a perception check. Oh, when you started with the P, I thought you were going to say piloting. So. Add, add intelligence to your uh, d20 hand. Uh, I got 21. Uh, 21. Uh, so smart. So you are able to complete three successful calculations out of the 10 that you need. Rama, what did you roll for uh, perception? It's a solid 10. Solid 10. Um, up in your pilot's uh, seat, as you are flying through the outer atmosphere of Coruscant, preparing to make your jumps and kind of gliding outside into a field of like old ship and satellite debris, so like large like metal um like facings that have like previously destroyed ships some debris from the battle that occurred here not too long ago up in the outer atmosphere and a blip appears on your radar behind you almost tailing you and Diego Nevada says uh Captain Rama sir we uh seem to have incoming communications from an unknown vessel to our rear uh, uh let him through uh, hello it's Captain Rama the thorn what can I do for you up on uh, your terminal in front of you appears the visage of Brick. Oh, the, uh, no. The, <laughs> the Corsanti slumlord who, if you'll remember, you agreed to give your bounty earnings to to clear your debt. And he comes up. He's got you know his, his uh, mechanical uh, droid eye. And scars across his face and his 10 gallon hat and with a cigar in his mouth and he says well shit if it ain't ramaviron up and back in atom and newly loaded as i recall now you and i had us a little deal rama but here you are trying to cut the planet and run without giving old brick his share yeah you know Never borrow thousands of dollars from a guy named Brick, I'll tell you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Brick, so uh, we split the bounty all of our ways, so... Uh, Jedi named... Well, former somewhat Oracle Jedi... Uh, a person named L. Uh, Jedi named Akla. Uh, we got the Nautilin Digo Nevada. Got a slice. Uh, <clears throat> we also gave some for the fund for the, the droid. Uh, his name is Monkey. Uh... <clears throat> And then uh, we were helped substantially by uh, our friend Mix. Say hi, Mix. Uh, hey, what's up? So uh, after we split it ten ways, we each ended up with a hundred thousand. So do I have to owe you the whole hundred thousand? Rama, Rama, Rama. No, see what we agreed to was that I get the million. Now all I'm hearing is a lot of excuses and not a whole lot of money. Now we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the brick way. 
Now all you need to do is transfer that million credits I know that you got from that bounty plug. So what's it gonna be? Uh, one second. And then you see, you see, like in your scanners, um, like Deco picks up, um, uh, Captain. There is a B-wing starfighter on our tail. Uh, Medium-sized gunship. All right, all right, all right. Uh, one second. Let me check the bank account. I'm gonna mute myself and then say, "Hey, uh, Rosie, if we're gonna jump into hyperspace immediately, how much time do you think we got to do that?" We need to complete seven more calculations, which will take about. At, at least two more turns. <laughs> God damn it. Well, uh, think, think, think. I got it. I got it. I got it. <clears throat> hey, uh, so remember the when I got hit with uh, shot with the stuns? Um, mm-hmm. Does does our ship have a, a form of actually? Why am I worried about killing this guy? He's a slumlord. Who knows how many people he's evicted, owed money to, or beaten up? Um, I'd be like, hey, L. <clears throat> hey, L, would you be morally opposed to uh, shooting the guy out of the sky? Nah. Okay. Hey, uh, Digo, uh, how quickly can you uh, fire at that uh, B-Wing fighter you just picked up? On your orders, Captain. We'll make the maneuvers. Rosie, is there anybody of even medium to slightly high moral standard on that B-Wing fire? Uh, yes, uh, Nova Breeze is also on the ship. Oh, well, she didn't actually suck that bad. Uh, I'm sure we could do non-lethal damage. Digo, uh, scale of 1 to 10, do you think you could shoot her out of the sky without incinerating her? I can jump on one of the gun turrets and we can see. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull us in the firing position, uh, mix mixture, we divert all powers to the, all powers to the guns, <laughs> uh, we're gonna slow down the thrusters just for a second. I'm gonna turn around. Al, I need you to blow that piece of shit brick out of the sky faster than you can say fuck off. And then, uh, <laughs> Diego, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of Nola Breeze for just a minute. All right, everybody ready? <laughs> okay. So as Rama gets into his element and starts barking orders to take evasive maneuvers to fight this ship, we are all going to roll initiative to actually have this combat but we will be taking care of Brick or escaping from him next time on Guild Fellows. That's the end of the session. Take it easy. Goodbye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.